Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Have you been with us? If you have, you know that we've been talking about this life in the spirit, being spirit controlled, life in the spirit. And we've been talking about uh, being dependent on the Holy Spirit and that we can't live without the Holy Spirit. Did you know? We cannot live without the Holy Spirit. And I was telling them last service that... um, I've been a Christian for 25 years. Now I have been a Christian longer than I was a non-Christian. I was, became a Christian at 21. And now I've been a Christian for 25 years. So do the math and you know how old I am. <laughs> Ooh. Somebody said, oh. Ushers, please get that. <laughs> He's speaking in an unknown tongue. (laughs) You know, 25 years. And some of you have been walking with God longer than that. And, and, And you know, you know, you know the longer you walk with God, the more you realize your need for the Holy Spirit in your life. Isn't that true? I don't know. When we become a Christian, I don't know. I think I, I, think I thought this. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I got this. You know, I got this Christian thing wired. Be a good person. Don't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. <laughs> I thought I had it. You know, I can do this. Of course I can do this. And then I realized, man, I can't do this because I got this war going on inside and my flesh is still trying to pull me back. And, and, and the spirit is saying, no, follow me. And the flesh is trying to pull me back. So now, after all of these years, I've learned that I am dependent on the Holy Spirit. And we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen, saints? Amen. And we've also been talking about the fact that we are free from the law. Because we have the Holy Spirit within us. Are you listening? We are free from the law. And we are free from the power and the penalty of sin and death. And we are free, the Bible says, to walk in the newness of life and not in the oldness of the letter. The newness of life. I love that phrase. We walk, Christian, the newness of life. You know, somebody once said when they became a Christian, they didn't didn't look the same. They didn't act the same. They didn't walk the same. They didn't talk the same. And I remember hearing that and thinking, I don't really understand that. But now I do understand it because there's a newness of life that takes place. 
And maybe before you were a Christian, you walked arrogantly. And now you're like, man, I'm humble before the Lord. And you walk different. And you talk different. You don't say the things you used to say. And you don't tell the dirty jokes you used to tell. And you don't use the bad language you used to use. Because there's a newness in the spirit. Do you understand? There's a newness in the spirit. The newness of life. That's a beautiful phrase. You ought to remember it. So we have this new life in Christ. All of this sounds good. All of that sounds fine. It's great to know that we have all of these blessings. But listen, saints, we also have to know that you can't have all of these blessings. You can't experience all this glory and not have some groaning. Amen. You can't have all this glory and not have some groaning. That's what Paul is talking about this morning. Paul's going to make a point to us that everything that we see is groaning, groaning for what Rodney is groaning and waiting for the Lord to come and redeem his people and redeem all of creation. Do you know everything that you see right now is not the way it was intended, but God is going to come back someday. Jesus is going to come. And he's going to redeem all that we see. And right now, all of creation and our bodies and the spirit groans. That's our outline for the day. You're taking notes. Give you a really quick outline. Point number one, talking about groaning. Paul says that all of creation is groaning. And we're going to find that in verse 18, actually verse 19 through 22. All of creation is groaning. Secondly, not only is creation groaning, but get this. Our bodies are groaning. Amen. That happened to me this morning. I got out the bed. I said, oh, my goodness gracious. It's getting old, Pastor. Our bodies are groaning. Creation is groaning. Our bodies are groaning. And then finally, the spirit is groaning. We'll find that in verses 26 through 27. Creation's groaning, 19 through 22. Our bodies are groaning, verses 23 through 25. And the spirit is groaning, verses 26 and 27. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the day when Jesus comes to make things right. With that said, saints, Romans chapter 8, we pick up in verse 18. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. For I consider in verse 18, and we'll read right through and then we'll come back and have some comments. For I consider... That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, underline that, to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, or that's vanity, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, underline that, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation does what, saints? Groans. And all of creation does what? Labors with birth pangs together even until this very day. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. 
Even we ourselves do what, saints? Groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. But we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait with outstretched necks. Actually, what that means for it with perseverance. And likewise, in verse 26, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. But we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with what saints? Groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul has been telling us Last week, if you missed any of the two teachings on Spirit Living Part 1, Spirit Living Part 2, stop by the bookstore. I think they were pretty important. And we talked about last time, as Paul had been telling us, that we were, are, adopted into the family of God. And with this whole adoption process, are you listening? God places a ring on our finger and we get a name change. And we are heirs. And as heirs, we have full access and are able to draw on the resources of God. And we have a right to every inheritance. And we have all benefits. And we can cry out, Daddy, Daddy, Papa, Papa, Abba, Father. Because we have been adopted. Because. The spirit of God lives within us. And because God's spirit lives within us, we have access to him. And we can go in and we can talk and we can chat with God. And we have intimate fellowship with him. Because Abba, Father, is a term of endearment. It speaks of intimacy with the Father. But we also have to realize, with all of these blessings, saints, listen, we also have to realize that if we want the benefits that come along with knowing Christ, then we also have to accept that there will be suffering that comes along with the benefits. <laughs> we don't like that. Now, I've said that same thing the same way for three services, and I didn't get one amen. <laughs> but that's all right, because it's true. You can't expect God to bless you and for you to be in Christ and for you to walk with God and not experience some suffering. But Paul tells us, here's the good news. Are you listening? Paul says that I consider... That word consider literally means to weigh this thing out. It means to calculate. Paul says, I have thought about it. I have weighed it out and I have calculated that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in heaven. 
<laughs> now get this. Watch this. Listen. Don't you remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. And he says the things that he saw, read it in your own time. He says that I can't even explain it. He says the things that I saw because he, he had died. Somebody had stoned him and he died. And his spirit got caught up to the third heaven. There's three heavens. The first heaven is heaven. That's the sky. What you look at the sky. The second heaven is the outer space beyond the sky. And the third heaven is the heavenly kingdom. Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven. The things that I saw, he said, were, I can't describe it. And he said, they're inexpressible. And he didn't describe it. And he said that they were unbelievable. And now he tells us, he gives us a little bit of insight. He says, I know, I've calculated, I've weighed this thing out, that the sufferings that we experience on this earth are not worthy to be compared with the glory that he saw when he was in heaven. Now, whatever that glory was, we don't know. But what we do know, it was awesome. He says, not even worthy to be compared. Now, I do find that to be interesting because if there's anybody who knew about suffering, it would have been Paul. And he knew about suffering. We don't know about suffering. We talk about suffering. We think we're suffering if the microwave is broke. <laughs> we can't we can't get get our Popeye cooked. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I can't get my Popeye. I'm suffering for Jesus. Satan's against me. I cast Satan out of the microwave and carrying on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. It's very true. We don't know nothing about suffering. Mm -mm. Paul was constantly in trials, constantly suffering. Paul had trials before the citizens at Jerusalem. There were trials before the Roman commander. There were trials before the Jewish Supreme Court. Paul experienced trials before Felix, not the cat, the governor. Remember? Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17, Paul said, get this, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly great and eternal weight of glory. Paul says our light affliction, Paul, light affliction? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about those afflictions that he calls light. He said he was stoned with rocks. He said he was chained. He was shipwrecked and left all night to float in the sea, which to me, there's nothing more scarier than floating in the sea. I don't like floating in the sea in the daytime. I certainly would not want to be floating all night in the sea because all would be going through my head is the music from Jaws. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. He's freaking me out, man. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I see something coming by in the sea. I'm getting out the water. See, some of y'all see something floating by. Y'all swim out to go see it. I'm like, that's crazy. No, if you see something unfamiliar, go away from it. Go away. Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. Paul said he was shipwrecked. He said he was beaten three times. Five times he was beaten with 39 stripes. 
He was in perils of water, he says in 2 Corinthians 11. Perils of robbers, perils of his own countrymen. He went to prison often. He had physical infirmities that bothered him for the rest of his life. He was often cold and often naked and often in fasting. And he calls those light afflictions. I would not put those in the light category. Paul says, my light afflictions. But the reason, listen, I really believe this. The reason why Paul could call them light afflictions or light sufferings is because he understood that there was a purpose behind the suffering. You see, suffering is purposeless if you don't understand that there is a purpose behind the sufferings. What's the point in suffering if, you, if there's no purpose to it? But if we understand that there is a purpose in our suffering, well, then we can endure the suffering. You understand? We can endure it at that time. So Paul would then say, I considered, I reckon, I calculated that the sufferings of Christ or these sufferings that we go through are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. As Christians, listen, we are going to suffer. Now, I know that goes in the face of popular teaching today. When's the last time you heard a teaching on suffering? Yeah, it kind of ain't sound right anymore, does it? Today, my sermon title will be suffering. People are like, um, <laughs> look at the time. <laughs> I go. People don't want to suffer. When in fact, Jesus said, he says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because what? I've overcome the world. Jesus told his disciples, you are going to suffer. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, yes, all who live godly in Christ Jesus, what? Shall suffer persecution. In this life, we are going to have trials. We are going to have suffering. But God uses those sufferings. God uses those trials. You know, there are some people, if God didn't allow suffering in their life, they would never give their life to him. You know anybody like that? If God didn't allow pain to come into your life, you would never pray. You know, you want to get a prayer life? Go through something. I'm amazed at people, they're praying, oh, Lord, I just want to get a prayer life. Lord, I just want to be a man, a woman of prayer. God says, okay, here's a little bit of suffering for you. You're like, that's not quite what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking something a little bit different. You see, God uses suffering. You know, with C.S. Lewis, who said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Isn't that true? God uses suffering. Now, listen, there are three things you can do in the midst of suffering. One of three of three things that you can do in the midst of suffering. Number one, if you're taking notes, you write this down. You can break out. Number two, you can break down when you're going through a suffering and a trial. Or you can break through. You can break out. You can break down. Or you can break through. Listen, if you break out, you rebel and you break out of God's boundaries that God has set for you and you run from your problems, you will grow bitter, you will grow hateful, and you will grow hard. If you break down, which is what we see largely in the world today, People are breaking down. Have you noticed that? 
There are more prescriptions for antidepressants today than there ever has been in the history of our country. People are depressed. People are caught up in self-pity. People are neurotic nowadays. People are breaking down. You can break down. You can break out or saints listen by the grace of God. You can break through. And what do you mean, Rodney, when you talk about breakthrough? I mean this. You can break through by accepting. Watch this. This is going to blow your mind. You can break through by accepting the fact that this world ain't heaven. And because the world ain't heaven, you're always going to have trials. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be pain in this world. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be rising gas prices. I'm telling you, I went to get some gas the other day. I almost broke down. I'm like, three dollars a gallon. Oh, God! Why? 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 I almost broke down. I'm like, goodness gracious. And then I have to remember, there'll be no cars in heaven. There'll be no gas prices in heaven. There'll be no cars in heaven. Amen. Ain't no what? No diets in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because we're going to get new bodies. They're all going to be perfect. Amen. This world's not heaven, saints. Listen. We're always going to have problems. There's always going to be suffering. But God is using those problems and God is using the suffering for a purpose. If you want glory, you're going to have to have some suffering. Why? Because listen, glory and suffering, listen, glory and suffering are twin truths. They are twin truths, glory and suffering. No suffering, no glory. No pain, somebody said, what saints? No gain. Somebody else once wrote, I like this one, no hurts, no hallelujahs. I like that. They go together. James chapter 1 verse 2 tells us to count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now listen, as we move forward, notice in the next section here, beginning in verse 19, Paul gives us three things that are constantly reminding us that there is a glory coming that has not yet been revealed. Number one, creation is groaning. We talked about this. We read it in verse 19 through 22. Go ahead and look at it again in verse 19. For the earnest expectation of creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. This word, saints, if you're taking notes, earnest expectation literally means with outstretched neck. Or like someone standing on their tippy toes expecting something to happen. Paul is saying that creation is waiting with outstretched necks, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, creation is expecting and eagerly, with outstretched necks, waiting to be redeemed and brought back to its original intention. 
All of creation is waiting for a time when Jesus, listen, will come back and set up his, set up his kingdom and make everything that is wrong right. Because at the fall, Genesis chapter 3, a part of the fall and the penalty of sin, watch this, was a universal curse upon the earth. Genesis chapter 3, right about verse 14, tells us when Abraham sinned, God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and every beast of the field. God said to the serpent, you will move about on your bellies and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and you shall bruise his heel. Then God said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your conception in sorrow and you shall bring forth children. Do you realize before the fall, women were to have children without pain? There was no such thing as labor pain in the garden before the fall. Ladies, wouldn't that be a blessing? Say amen. But because of the fall, that brought about labor pain. That's what God said. He says, I'm going to greatly multiply your conception in sorrow and you shall bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband and you and he shall rule over you. And then God said to the man, Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and eaten of the tree, which I commanded that you not eat, cursed is the ground for your sake and, and of sorrow you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it the ground you were taken, and dust you are, and dust shall you return. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.